Sam, and that's my brother, Max Flowers, and this is Under the Influencer. A show where we sit down for a drink with the influential people of Tampa Bay. And we've had influencers, radio personalities, but today we welcome our first TV personality, Sean Daly. Oh Thanks for being here. Oh my gosh, I am <laughs> so honored. I'm like giddy, nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you guys need like a fun little theme song, like Sam and Max, Max and Sam. Maybe See, that's it. That's, that's it. it. We just fly like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell us, you know, you're on ABC Action News. Yes, I'm the loud fun guy. <laughs> the loud fun guy. ABC Action News. <laughs> Which I have to say, if I ever got into TV, always seems like the one to be. It's, it's the gig. <laughs> so here's my thing. So a lot of times it's, what, 58 minutes of kind of, you know, bummer news. And then you have like two minutes of, yay, yeah, Sean, the world's happy, biggest happy, happy. cookie. Yeah, there uh, like, it is. Yeah, like, um, uh, like uh, oh, Bruce Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I've done the world's biggest cookie. I <laughs> half of it. Um, yeah, so I, uh, yeah, so I have, it's a really, really good gig. It's a really, really good gig, you know? It's, Where did you, how did you get into TV? Oh, here we go. Here we go. All right. <laughs> you guys can take a break if you want to go get a snack down in the kitchen. I'll just sit here and talk by myself in the microphone. So um, I started as a writer. I was the only child. We'll go all the way back. I was the only child. So, go ahead, um, relax. This is like therapy. Yeah, I have a lot. I'm, I'm just going to lay down on the couch yeah, please here do. and start, you know, you know, talk about my tormented childhood. No, so, uh, yeah, so I, when I was a kid, um, I love to write about books and movies and music, and it was a way back when I was a kid. You know, you didn't, you could didn't have like instant gratification. You know, so I would see a movie or I'd read a book or I'd listen to a record, and I want to write about. It. That was my way to kind of like get uh, attached to it, right? So I started doing that, and I knew that I wanted to be a writer. You know, so uh, my career has been topsy turvy, but I started. Uh, at a place called the, well, actually, my got my first gig in Ocean City, Maryland. It was called <gasps> the Maryland Coast Dispatch. You know OC okay. Maryland? I you breath you had you, that gas you like, lit up like <laughs> I Delmarva. Do you know the Delmarva? From Peninsula? what I can remember in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you have? I have a, had a few party party trips down there. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> when I was living in New York, I had some friends from down there and spent one Fourth of July. Um, oh, I barely little, yeah. remember it, but I remember it was a good time. <laughs> yeah, I think that's their their motto: Ocean Sea Man. You'll barely remember us <laughs> it's in, a, a good time. in a good way! Exclamation point! <laughs> All the clubs by the beach are like, like it's it's such a different vibe. There's like. Three different rooms of different live music. There's oh like man! Yeah. Outdoor bar, indoor bar, on the water bar, floaty bar. Like, I got lost for like an hour from my friends, but it was the best time. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> get lost. You want to get lost in Ocean City? You know. Um, yeah. If you know, if you remember everything that happened in Ocean City, I think you did it wrong. Right? You don't want that. Anyway, so then I uh, I worked there for about a couple years, and it's funny because Ocean City is all built around like fun, right? Like you go to Ocean City, it's a resort town. So I almost, that kind of set the rest of my career being the fun guy of like what people like to enjoy, how we live, how we cut loose, stuff like that. So I uh, did that for a couple of years, wound up going to um, 
the Washington City paper, which was the alt-weekly in D.C. Okay. Now, the amazing thing about that was I worked with Jake Tapper, who's now on CNN. Oh, oh yes. wow. Yeah, Jake was right there. And Jake had just done a big story about going on one date with Monica Lewinsky. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right. So that was his. Really, like, Jake's a, gr- a great guy. What a way guy. to take off. <laughs> I know. Right. So he, uh, a guy named David Carr was my editor. David Carr went to be the media uh, columnist of the New York Times, and they did a movie about him and stuff. Yeah. Um, Ta-Nehisi Coates, if you know Ta-Nehisi Coates, is uh, um, a brilliant writer. You know, he's written uh, bestsellers, just a, a really thoughtful uh, thoughtful guy. Um, it was amazing. It was like a star machine. It was funny. God. So when this guy David Carr, and I'll, I'll jump to this in a bit, but when David Carr sadly uh, uh, passed away a few years ago, they had somebody write about all the people that had worked for him. And it was this long list of of these epic people. And then the last line was like, and Sean Daly became, became a game show host because I would never go to HSN and be a game show host on HSN. So I was like, wah, 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 Gosh, you know. I forgot about that because I feel like I've been following you on social media because of your connections back to some of the radio personalities where I yeah. worked. I think I was, I was a part-time board op and I was running the board for Jade's dating game. In the studio. Do you oh, remember that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the first radio I ever did was um, Fisher and Boy, right? That's how I met Seth. Then Seth had me come on. I would do stuff with yes. Seth and Jade. Then I would do stuff with Drew. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, and, and then I, I, just through all that, I started following you on Instagram. And now I'm remembering when you announced the HSN yeah. thing. All right. So we'll speed, uh, up, yeah. we'll speed up a little bit. I go I, I go to Washington City Paper. Then I became the music critic at the uh, Washington Post. Oh. You know, then I wound up, uh, I was on contract with them a couple, uh, a couple different contracts. Didn't get the job, was devastated. And then um, I had didn't to go get, out. wait, what job? So I didn't get the permanent job at the post. So oh, I was there oh, for about oh. a year, you know, and I kept resigning for like six month contracts, you know. And How did that work? Just to pause for a minute. Because sure. Like, you have to pause, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. Throw things. Do you have something soft to throw at me if I start battling um, I'll use my magic wand. Yeah, there um, you go. <laughs> um, I, uh, so you were the music critic. How how did that work? At, like as a because I always like I I'm a I read the New York Times like almost every day and yeah, love it and like what are the qualifications? Like how do you like man? How, I'll tell you. Like I was an appreciator. You know, I was yeah. really good. You know, I was really good at explaining why we like the things we like. Right. Okay. So. If I were writing about Celine Dion, I might not be a Celine Dion fan. You know, but. She sold a hundred million albums. So why has she sold? So I would kind of get into why we live the way we live. You know, that sounds very high flutin. Like I'd make it fun. A lot of alliteration with me, you know, a lot of wordplay, a lot of Susian wordplay. I find that interesting with music reviews because you know, music is so personal and and tastes different. And so, how does how does a publication? really take a broader look at that and review it and not piss off an entire fan base. Yeah, you know? so, like, so I would do reviews of albums, of course, but not, you know, I, you know, I, I hated like letter grades or one star or, <laughs> you know, whatever like that thumbs down. Like I'd rather like kind of explain what we're hearing, what we're, you know, who these people are, where they fit in, you know, pop culture, stuff like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, but I didn't get that. I was devastated. I just bought a house, mm. just had my first oh, kid God. and I'll tell that I was telling you guys earlier about my Duran Duran story. I'll come back around to that. And so I was supposed to go uh, cover Coachella. 
for, wow. for, the, for the post. And my editor was this guy named Peter Kaufman, who is one of the most influential editors I've ever had in my career. And I'm like, man, I, you know, I found out I'm not, I didn't get the job and I was going to have to get a gig and I don't, I don't want to go to Coachella. <laughs> you know, I know that sounds really like, yeah, like annoying. And I didn't, I didn't want to go. And he's like, listen, as your editor, as your friend, as your lawyer, go to Coachella, have fun. When you get back, we're going to figure out what you're going to do with your life. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I go to, I go out to the, you know, the California if desert. If someone's and, told me right now, Sam, go to Coachella when you come back after you have fun. We'll figure out what, I'll be like, oh, okay. You know, but at the time, like, I have, like, a screaming yeah, infant at home. Yeah, I got to feed. It's very different. It turns out oh, you have to feed these kids. So um, Who knew? So I go out there, and I had a great time, and... um I think back then it was, uh, remember the band Keen? So, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Somewhere Only Will Know or someone was at the hit. And then I saw uh, MIA, if you know MIA. Ooh, she, she That her. was like her like US debut. And so the tent was packed. And so I had a good time when so I came. This would have been kind of mid-2000s. Yeah, so, yeah. very, yeah. very good. This okay. is why you have a show. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So because I, And then when I came back, I had two already. They heard that I had done a pretty good job out there, or, uh, up there. And I already I had two requests from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette to go visit them, to be their music critic. And the then St. Pete Times, before that, you know. And I wound up coming down here in July, I think it was, the only suit I had was this gray wool suit, oversized. <laughs> it was July. I stepped off the plane. Oh, I'm like, Jesus. oh my god, you know, and uh, and it wound up. I, I wound up coming down here, but wow. yeah. So yeah. Uh, covering a so uh, uh, covering a music festival as a writer, what? Because it just seems like like I've been to Bonnaroo for work, and it's all about social media. Uh, we did a broadcast, of course. We're writing like blog posts online. But if you're just a writer, like what goes into your experience that's different that you, it just seems like a different world because then we didn't have Instagram. We a didn't lot have more adjectives. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I used a lot of it. I would carry on a, a thesaurus yes. with me. Yeah. No. So I, you know, my whole thing about covering a concert is I always said, you know, when I tell, you know, when I pass my wisdom down to the young kids is like, you know, look 360 around you. Don't just look at the stage, like turn around, look at the crowd and take it, take it all in, you know? And, um, one of the most remarkable, I, I didn't know I'd, I'd tell this story, but I went to the, uh, New Orleans jazz fest oh, and cool. I had to write for the front page. And this is now I, I'm skipping ahead, but I got the job, the, you know, the, the, the St. Pete times slash Tampa Bay times, but they sent me up there. Cause this was after Katrina and Bruce Springsteen was the headliner. Oh, wow. And a lot of times when I was writing, uh, reviewing concerts, I'd wait for moments of inspiration, like all of us. Yeah. And the inspiration would fuel me then to give me the juice to write because I need that energy, you know? And Springsteen came up and he was uh, promoting an album called The Seeger Sessions, which was kind of the reason he got the gig. Well, he's also Bruce Springsteen, but <laughs> yeah. it was kind of like a New Orleans feel to it, this album, okay. you know, and it was really kind of brassy and a little departure for him, you know, but he, he, uh, he was singing this song. I think it's, it, um, Jacob's, Jacob's ladder. Like we're all climbing up uh-huh. the ladder together and he started, and this is a town that was just reeling from Katrina, you know, and a lot of people are. You know, it's just emotional time. They're not sure, should we be celebrating? Should we be partying, you know? But uh, Springsteen turned it into this tent revival. 
And so oh, he hits wow. this one song where all of a sudden he has people lifting their arms up in the air like it's, you know, they're testifying. Yeah. You know, and the sun's kind of setting and this one, and I have a press pass on and the woman comes up, a woman comes up to me right in the middle of the song. She's like tears in her eyes. Do you know what this means to me? Do you know, wow. you know, and so all this moment's happening and I realized that I have to have a story written in about 20 minutes, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh shit, you know, like I gotta go do this. And, but I mean that whole moment, I'm like, well, there's my, there's my lead, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then, so a lot of times you're writing on deadline for a concert review, if that's what it is, and you get your lead in your head and then you can kind of write about start listing like who did what songs, like great moments and stuff like that. But usually I, I would have writing a, a concert review, I'd have my beginning and I have my end and mm -hmm. then I kind of fill it in. But you're writing a lot of times on deadline, you're writing so fast. Yeah, I don't really think about that because the concert reviews always come out the day after. And then like, I can't imagine like, especially if somebody I like, if I'm like reviewing Beyonce, I'm like, <laughs> it was good. I right. really liked it. She's clean. Like, yeah. To sit, to think I have to like go home and now like sit down and type out a thoughtful. <laughs> because on top on of trying to relay information, you know, I'm also trying to like entertain people as they yeah. eat their Cheerios in the morning, you know, like my whole thing is like, as they're sitting there eating cereal or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, how do I get them from the beginning of my story to the end of it? Cause that was the whole goal is for them to finish the whole thing and maybe laugh, cry, you know, whatever, the whole, the whole thing. So. So you started at the St. Pete Times. Is that what brought you to Tampa Bay? So, yeah. So I, I wound up taking the job um, after Coachella. I come down. I, I wound up taking the job down here. And, um, you know, one of the first things uh, they made me do is write about American Idol. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> American Idol. I don't watch this yeah. show. And back then, you got to remember, it was like 35 million people a night. It was watching. like, mm -hmm. I think oh, they, God. They, no they, streaming they, services. There really wasn't a lot of the other shows we have now, too. The Voice and the, the no, This, that was the it. That. Idol, this is like, a different time. You tuned yeah. in and you voted. And you and, called on your telephone to yeah. vote. And that was <laughs> the water cooler talk mm -hmm. back then. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, oh, American Idol. I'm like, I'm a serious. You, you got somebody from the Washington Post. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So I write this really snarky. <laughs> You know, kind of bratty column, <laughs> you know, uh, make, not making, well, babies basically making fun of it. And at the time, you know, Fox, this was a juggernaut. And so Fox 13 here said, hey, you're really funny. Every day we have to fill up so much idle content. Do you want to come on and do TV with us? You know, oh my God. and I'd never done TV before, but I'm like, sure. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of a guy and I tell, you know, I'm a, a single dad of two teen girls. So I say, you know, like try stuff. Don't be afraid to try things, especially career wise, you know, not drugs. <laughs> <laughs> try to stay away from, stay away from the drugs. But, you know, but if you do do them with me, but, yeah, so um, <laughs> do the really good ones. You know? um, so I went on uh, a Fox. I think my first time was with Charlie Belcher, the fun guy, the fun, loud guy. on oh, Fox. God, yeah. And I was a nervous wreck. It was live TV. And I'm like, oh, man, this is a disaster. But after 
afterwards, I'm like, oh man, that was a hit of adrenaline. I want to yeah. try that again. So I eventually go and yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have, I'd eventually make the pivot, you know, to, I got a game show on home shopping network and then I, what now, was that? What, what was the game show? And, oh my gosh. I mean, I know home shopping network for like, look at this purse, buy this purse. But when you say game show, I'm very, yeah, <laughs> no. So <laughs> the reason why I was canceled after like a, a year, a year and a half <laughs> is that eight, uh, HSN likes is a, like, what. Well, at the time, it, it's now owned by QVC, but at the time, you know, it was a $4 billion company. And so they preferred you cool. to make billions of dollars for them. And my game show made approximately zero dollars. <laughs> I was given like, you know, I was given. Were, um, there, were you were you giving away products? Yeah, or? I was giving away products to like Madge in Iowa, right? I had 96 million homes I was in. So what HSM would do is they would, it was called Friday Night Game Night, my game show is that they would have, a get, you know, like, a here I am again, like 58 minutes of, of selling and then two minutes for Friday night game night. Like, all right, you buy all this stuff. Now here, let's play a, a zany game with Sean Daly, you know? So we'd have celebrity guests like Shaquille O'Neal was on and I had to ask him if he'd rather eat a pound of butter or a gallon of mayonnaise. And oh, so Madge, Madge from Iowa would then have to guess what he would rather do. And he hates mayonnaise, so he picked, I need a pound of butter, Shaq. You know, and Madge would be, get what? it right. I'm like, Madge, you just want a vacuum and cleaner. Madge got her Madge got her vacuum cleaner. Sean Daly giving away money. We're hemorrhaging product and money on Friday night game night. So after a year and a half, they're like, oh, so they said, hey, do you want to, after about a year and a half of that, that they're like, hey, do you want to, we're going to not do this anymore. Yeah. Would you rather just sell product? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. It was stupid because I'd probably be living on some McMansion up in, you know, Cheval now. But I'm like, instead I'm in a hovel and I'm saying me and my daughters who hate me. No, it's not Cheval. No, I get a lie. I love them. Um, so then I went and then, you know, then I went into uh, ABC and that's, that's been about five years. I really oh jumped around God. a lot there, guys. So you can pick, take what you what want. A, what a, uh, just scattered career but in the best way you've got like a little bit of every part of media now, on your resume now you guys this is interesting now you guys you've you've yeah. talked to probably a lot more famous people than i have when you talk to, to a celebrity when you're interviewing a celebrity do you do you try to go like i once interviewed slash for like 45 minutes i always say he's like an english professor that swears a lot he was so brilliant so smart but i made incredible this musician. is when he was with velvet yeah. revolver uh-huh so this is kind of post in between you know he's back with guns and roses now but i waited like 20 minutes before I asked about Guns N' Roses, I had made the decision that I'm going to interview Slash. I'm not going to ask about Axel for 20 minutes. I literally looked at the time. Um, this like, is how I'm because be very well researched. And then because he didn't want to talk about it at the time. Yeah, you know. And so we talked about Belt Revolver and all these other things he was doing. And then, um, you know, uh, did and you then, ask him about his smooth jazz moment? <laughs> no, I didn't. I think I blocked it out. Um, he went through I a got, phase. But then I, I wound up, I don't know if I was breaking news, but I, I said, all right, you know, I, I got to ask you, Slash. And, and by then I kind of like, you know, established this rapport and he knew what I was talking about. You I'd can done definitely my research. tell when you have successfully kind of disarmed somebody a little bit. Like you can get the energy like, okay, now I feel like I could dance into a different topic. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then 20 minutes hit and, and he's like, well, you know what? I actually just talked to Axel. I'm like, holy shit. Uh, 
And he's like, yeah, I, I, I went up to his door the other day and we've talked about, and I'm like, I'm like what? I'm like, this is like a scoop, yeah. but I'm like wow. That, and so exclusive um, story. Yeah. All right, so now I gotta. You guys are being so sweet. Now I gotta, I gotta go back a little bit because I want to. We're, we're kind of. Uh, I just saw you have a B. Arthur candle over there. I'm, I locked eyes with B. Arthur now. Now I, I this can't. Is my Golden Girls. Corner. Oh, I love it. Awesome. Yeah, but B. Arthur's right next to the scream mask. That's yeah. a little jarring. I have eclectic taste. <laughs> you really do. <laughs> do you describe the room ever on the show? Not like really. This? We should do a tour sometime. This is my museum you of should. ridiculous things. <laughs> you know. The flamingo in thigh high um, boots, one of my personal yeah, favorites. Yeah, that was a loving gift from my friend Heather. I love it. It's sat in storage it's, forever. It and is. It's mildly Once yeah, we were trying seductive. to turn this into a little studio, this was just kind of like an empty office storage room. And I was like, well, it has to be cute if we do stuff in here so i just hung a bunch of random stuff up that like hadn't didn't have a home so i was like i think this works i like it it's great i like it thank you banyan tree right there the world's scariest motel i like (laughs) is that a um oh my gosh i did a story on her really yeah from um uh, the the little what's the mini uh, the iron thing they're like yeah yeah no what does she call herself oh man look i'm so old like yeah the things the pegs you melt them so she hides them around town and has a little scavenger hunt she's great as as a passion project i believe she's still works at uh green bench yeah maybe right oh and man i gotta go back wait so uh, for those of you at home who can't see what we're talking about on i have uh, framed on my wall is a picture of the uh old banyan tree motel from on fourth street but it's made out of um those little plastic yeah. beads that you put like wax paper over and you iron into a design and so the, the, the girl, the artist who make, made this uh, had a tent set up uh, right outside uh, at the Intermezzo Market uh, that they do every so often. And she had a bunch of these landmarks. I was like, oh, my God, I love the Banyan tree. I love like It's just like we grew up nearby. It was just an icon. And I was like, how much is that? She's like, whatever you want it to be. And I was like, what? yeah, what? She's like, I'm doing a social experiment. The amount oh I started sweating. <laughs> what did you do? I didn't know. I was like, is it 20? Well, what did somebody else pay for it? And she was like, whatever. What they oh wanted to pay. Oh, that's <gasps> like, and that's I was stressful. like, well, I, I immediately needed to be the favorite is where my mind went. I'm like, so it has to be now good. Now it's a competition. But now it's a competition. <laughs> but like, what's fair? I'm like, this is a plastic child's toy, but it is nicely framed. It, it came framed like that. Yeah, you're paying for frame too. So yeah. I had to put that into consider. So I gave $40. Oh, that's really Ooh, nice. That is nice. And what, I did thought, you, what was her reaction? Thank you. She. It was like poker face, and she was doing this on purpose to just like I think get to people. Yeah, I bet she made more money that day than actually pricing them. Oh, I bet, I bet. It was really interesting because I was kind of like when they flip the screen at you at like (laughs) like a casual, and you you have like five tip options. I'm like, I just bought a water, and my daughters are looking at me, and I'm like, oh, am I gonna be the guy? Like, all right, I got twenty, twenty. There's not even eighteen anymore. It's like twenty, twenty-two, thirty-five, thirty-five. I was at uh, where was I? I was at a I guess I shouldn't even say, but I was at a local breakfast place the other day, and I had a twenty option up to like thirty five, and I hit the twenty, and the woman behind the counter is like, "Thanks, boss," and I'm like, "Wait a minute, wait, did I hit the wrong button?" What? That, oh god! That what? Oh man! Like, should even I go at, back? Even and... at Starbucks now, I mean, they used to have the little jar, but now they hand you the whole thing. You have to hold the whole thing while you're filling out your card, and it gives you all the tip options, and you're like, "Okay, well, now we're doing this." Star- Starbucks needs to pay their employees 
properly, first of all. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. I know there's so much pressure with the tip. <sighs> it really is. Well, I think you I think 40 is really nice. So I think, yeah, yeah. That's I'll take fair. a picture and post it so people know what we're talking about. But I I, I was just so caught and such a moment of existential crisis. That's of such like, a Saint Pete thing to happen. What I feel do like. I do? Because I'm like, okay, maybe some kid came up and gave her like two dollars and was like, "Thank you." And you were hoping to glean some sort of information from the forty reaction. How I was about trying 40? to get a reaction. And hope- forty. That's great. And no reaction. <laughs> she just smiled and said, "Thank you." Cool. Yeah. And you're like, like oh, I should have gone. Like, I don't know what I should have done. No. I think, I think it's good. You're good. Yes, yeah, so but let good. everyone see what that I is. I will take yeah. a picture because it was, um, yeah, it was an interesting, but I, I love it. I, I, it's such a pretty showpiece yeah. in this room. Because we're getting back to what Sam was saying, like you kind of know when you hit, yes, you when know, you see the lights somebody, come on, yeah. yeah. Because a lot of the times, people we talk to, you they've been interviewed thousands of times, oh, and you can only ask so many times. Like you've got to do, like for me, it's a lot of artists at work, and like they're on a promo tour, like they've got an album, and and, and you do have to get to that stuff because you know that that's ha- their purpose. But if you can find those other fun, relatable questions that aren't like that, I think it definitely sets you apart. All right, here we go. My Duran Duran story. Okay. I'll try to keep this fast. Are we already at like three nope, hours no, here? All right, no, let me know. I'm cruising. Um, so back when I was at the Washington Post as the music critic, and I'm still fighting for my job there, mm-hmm. I keep resigning. I think I'm going to get the permanent gig, right? Because I'm doing good work for them. I keep resigning these contracts. I got a, I got a new house in the Maryland or in the Washington, D.C. suburbs in Silver Spring, Maryland. I got a new baby. Oh my God. Ava Daly, I'm a first-time dad, and I'm fighting for this job. I need this full-time gig, right? So uh, every story I do is kind of heightened, that I want it to be the very best because I want this gig. So um, this is about 2004. Uh, I think the album was called Astronaut. It was uh, the full original Duran Duran lineup, okay? Um, so Andy Taylor was there too. If you know your Duran, uh-huh. I don't know how am I, I'm really old with, they were just here. <laughs> they were just, so here. They were just here. I know I'm not like, you know, I'm sorry. It's not a Taylor Swift story. No, this is um, on, on but anyway, It has a tender ending. Anyway, so they're sending me, I'm in DC. And so they're sending me on the train up to DC or up to New York city to interview them at the very top of the Sony building. Ooh, so okay. this is like, what? Like, I don't even know, like 50 floors up, up. So there. you see the, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, and so I'm thinking, all right, Duran Duran now, by now they've been around for what, like, this is at least 20, more than 20 years. So talk about trying to come up with something original. (laughs) So when I was on the train, I'm like, I'm putting all these questions together to, to, cause I'll, I'll have the, all of them on this, uh, this big boardroom table and they're all just kind of sitting there looking at me, you know? So not only am I interviewing one person, I'm interviewing five different guys, you know, Simon LeBon and John Taylor and Nick Rhodes, the pretty keyboardist, all that stuff. So, um, I'm like, I'm going to ask that they're all dads and I'm a brand new dad. And I have no idea what I'm doing as a brand new dad. (laughs) My opening question is going to be, parenting advice from Duran okay. Duran. Okay. So we all sit down and you can just tell they're yeah. going through it. They've been, they've, we, they've been shuggling people. Oh. They're on the day. tour. They're on the yeah. tour, radio, TV, you know, newspaper. Oh, here comes the guy from the Washington post and he's asking for an hour. 
They're demanding an hour, you know. So I said, all right, guys, you know, uh, I'm a brand new dad. So we're going to open it up. I need parenting advice from Duran Duran. And they lit up. They were it was amazing. They're like, this is different. They're like, all right, let's play this game. So they all go around and they're, uh, you know, be kind, listen, blah, blah, blah. And it gets to John Taylor, who's the bassist. Mm-hmm. And if you're a Duran Duran fan, you know, of my age and you're especially like a you know, woman, like he was the hunky. I mean, he's this beautiful. They're all beautiful, but he's yeah. especially beautiful. John Taylor. And he kind of the bassist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and John Taylor is is and I'm now I'm kind of into it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm into it, too. You know, and I'm getting kind of more relaxed. And John Taylor kind of looks up into the sky, you know, and he says, Always dance with your daughters. Always oh. dance with your daughters. And that was that would wind up being my lead for this Washington Post. I, I want to say it might have even been on the front page, that story, believe it or not. Wow. But always dance with your daughters. But it was advice that I would take. I'd wind up having two daughters. I didn't even have my Maya, my, my second one yet. And so I would be, I'm a single dad. I'd be exhausted in Target. Okay, <laughs> skip ahead two, three, four, five years, <laughs> exhausted in Target. Like, oh my god, my life is spiraling out of control. And my the, a song would come on the, the the you know the 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 my kids would start dancing in Target. I'm like, oh, Duran, 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 here we go. Nailed it. I gotta <laughs> dance with you because Duran Duran says I have to. But it was good advice. Always dance with your daughters. I saw, I thought that was beautiful. That was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I would wind up and I crushed it, but I'd wind up not getting the job. But everything worked out. You know, everything worked out. Dance with your daughters and dance into the fire. Dead. There you go. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Sorry, oh, it's not, only because yeah. I know that. Where's you, your view to you, a kill? I yeah. don't have that one on vinyl. Actually, we got to get the so, view. That, oh, I have. Yeah. I have a couple Bond albums hanging in the studio right now, and Duran Duran's is. Up there is one of my favorite like theme songs because yeah. it was so a kill is different awesome. at the time, yeah. and it's like the quintessential like eighties mm. like dance into the fire. Wow, that, doom, doom, doom. <laughs> that's like, a great pull. This is why yeah. you got. This is why you guys have your own. That's great. That's nice. Yeah, there you go. I never even put that together. <laughs> Just not at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. no daughters in the fire. No. <laughs> uh, that's really really good. I'm impressed. So what other um, people have you met through your career have had you like, oh my gosh, moments? Uh, well, I, let me ask the same thing to you. Let me, who, who, oh. who's your number one, what interview made the most impact on you? Uh, it can be so for I've, personal yeah. reasons. Ooh. It can be. Well, through work, it's been a lot of alternative artists. And I think my favorite interview was with Matt Schultz from Cage the Elephant, only because he was such a unique person and he was very talkative with me and we did it in a, in our green room, but there was no performance. It was just me and him and a crowd watching. And he opened up about like mental health and he was funny, but it was just a well-balanced interview and I really enjoyed it. Um, Jared Leto was 
interesting. <laughs> I think, did you like post about that? I, I think this was yeah. So we couldn't video it. So there's no video. There is audio of it. Uh, he was just a unique guy right. and mm. a very interesting interview. Mm. Um, but showing his uniqueness to you. Yeah. Not like, phoning and, it in. And no. And he, and he, again, I'm always surprised because like you're saying, these people are, were, they were interviewing so much and he was talkative. He was interesting. Um, so that was, that was really cool. And then, uh, probably say Brendan Urie from Panic at the Disco. I yeah. didn't get a long sit down interview. I only got to talk to him on the Jumbotron at Next Big Thing for like <laughs> one minute, but it was a very fun minute. <laughs> Do you love doing that? Do you love going on stage? Oh my and gosh. 20, I'm, I'm the biggest ham. Uh, I love yeah. it. I, it's, it's so fun. And it's a part of the job that I didn't know was going to be part of the job because 97X is so unique to have those festivals and I love it. I love feeling famous and everybody screaming at me. It's, it, Do it's you, would you agree <laughs> that it's much more nerve wracking to talk to say a group of like 20, 30, 40 people than it is 20,000? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we do those little green rooms a lot, and that's a room of maybe like 30, 40 people. And I always feel more pressure in there because we just did this the other day. We had Youngblood in for a green room, and there was a Q&A after, and he has these massive fans that are like very passionate. And when I'm talking to an artist that has a super passionate fan base and know everything about him, like know every detail... I always feel more nervous to make sure the conversation <laughs> is that I know my stuff and that they're enjoying it. And it, I always have this, like after my first question, I always get this energy, like nervous energy. And then I have to, I have to actually tell myself, okay, Sam, take a deep breath. Right, right. Like it started, it's going, the car is going and then it's great. And, and he was really funny. Youngblood is a, he has a very thick British accent and he's really funny. And like you were saying with the questions that aren't music related, out of that interview, one of the um, fans submitted a question and it was, fuck, Mary kill, waffles, French toast, or pancakes. Oh, right. Drew, t yeah, Drew tweeted about Oh, this. did he? Yeah. Oh, Because uh, he I was furious that. that he said kill French toast. He went on a rampage about French toast and how he hated it. And everyone was just rolling, laughing. And those are my favorite moments of any interview. Those when somebody, when somebody gives an answer to a question that they've probably never been asked before and everyone's enjoying it. So look at this, look at this doing good stuff here, guys. Yeah. So Great for stuff. young up and coming journalists, maybe we're giving them some interview yeah. skills yeah. is that save your, you know, ask some offbeat stuff, you know, yeah. pertinent. Yeah. But get them loose and then go into the, yeah. the rest of the stuff. Well, that's yeah. why everybody that we bring on here, we don't give them like a list of questions. Talking points. Because or... after the first one, we will inevitably go off the rails. Like and we did today. Exactly. Like the framed picture but that that's you have to barter right. But for. that's the fun part. And that's what yeah. everybody's like, oh my God, I, you know, somebody will relate to that too. Yeah, I but. met, um, this is back when, again, I was trying to, I, I, they sent me out, the Washington Post sent me to do the Grammys, to cover the Grammys. What? And this is right, I mean, this is right before you know i would find out if i was getting the job or not and it was the big star was kanye at that it was the college dropout he was best new artist oh wow. that was new kanye oh, and wow. so the day before i got to shadow kanye and he what does that was, mean shadow like follow him around yeah what? They, they gave me uh in a big cloak <laughs> and i you know here's why it's so problematic because 
personally because I, you know, I, I feel this connection to him because it was like, you know, I, I, I kind of had this moment with him. And at the time, you know, he was this mixture of absolute childlike. He yeah. literally said, I like music. Music makes me feel good. And like <laughs> he would say these really basic like see <sighs> Dick runs, you know, Dick yeah. and Jane book. Yeah, you know, I like, you know, I like Earth, Wind and Fire. They were there, you know, like I like September. And but then mixed with this sheer ar- arrogance, like wearing his sunglasses inside yeah. and, you know, and I thought he was really refreshing. And the college dropout is a great album. And mm-hmm. now it's great. like, I mean, the, the, you know, a couple of early albums, I thought, were you know, he has so this song called Black Skinhead, which is an amazingly produced, brilliant song. And now I'm like, oh, oh all man. right. You know, and like, <laughs> it's funny to have my daughters are 19 and 15 and they're pop culture junkies just like I am. And it's we talk about this all the time, you know the the art versus the artist and you know these conversations we're all having more than ever these days you know Mm -hmm. and so it's like oh man like gold digger is a really fun song what do we what do we do with this i mean look at what happened with michael jackson well that i was just gonna bring this up i play a lot of vinyl at home like when i was a music critic i would you know it was the 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 era of the cd and so i'd get like 30 40 cds a week and i'm always putting you know but i said you know what when i'm done being a music critic i'm just gonna listen to vinyl yeah you know like queen records and all this stuff, you know. So, um, but you know, I have all the Michael Jackson albums on vinyl. I mean, the the three of them are really, really good. You know, it's like, what do we do? And so, my girls and I talk about this. You know, good. I mean, it's um, it's it's tough, right? Mm-hmm. As not a professional media person yet. Yet. I have not (laughs) interviewed a lot of celebrities, but I have served a lot of celebrities oh, that's... beverages at multiple bars. Okay, so this is... That's... Are you going to spill some dirt and right Not dirt, but there is like an interesting world of like A-list celebrity like restaurant booking situation that I came privy to when I was working at the Four Seasons briefly in New York when I wanted to die. The worst job I ever had. Yeah. <laughs> Your HSN, basically. Oh, jeez. I lost like 20 pounds. It was the worst <laughs> thing of my life. Um, but there was, I learned so much in this job that I still am very thankful for. It was just not a job I could physically do. Um, but we had this guy who would just call. He came in one day, I think, and kind of introduced himself to us. And he seemed like, yeah, I, I bring a lot of big people in. And everybody in New York says that. And you're like, whatever. Okay, cool. And, but it was always had to be like right at closing time or like 30 minutes after we close. And we never knew who he was bringing, but after he did it once, it was always somebody. And so we'd be there on like a Tuesday night and it's a slow night. We're all ready to go home. And then this guy would call and he's like, can can you take like six of us in like a half hour? And we'd have to be like, (sighs) okay. And then it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, you know? like, that was a really well-told story. <laughs> yeah. I was like, who was it? And you're like, okay. Fine. What did he order? What did he eat? He had an entourage of women with him. He okay. had a harem so of women was, uh, with no, him. I'm and they were all 20 years younger than him. Is this a blind item? Am I getting in trouble? I don't know. Yeah. No. But we did. He brought yeah. Rihanna one time, and that was pretty amazing. She is the most ethereal, like, 
creature I think I've ever witnessed. Like she came in in a big gown and just was so sweet and like 19 feet tall. And I was like, <laughs> here you go. It's, have yeah, some it's grapes. <laughs> I, have you done the, I, I did the MTV, uh, the VMAs when it was down no. in Miami. And Ooh. the two people I met who took my breath away uh, were again Alicia Keys is the most beautiful oh, human imagine. being I've I've ever seen. She's coming to Tampa this year. Uh, yeah, I she believe. is. I yeah. just saw her billboard the other day. Um, but then at the end, um, uh, this is the white. This is uh, a Diddy. This was Diddy. It was hosting, so it was a white <laughs> carpet. It was a white carpet Post instead of a puff. red carpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at the very end, Jay Z and Beyonce walked down. <sighs> and Beyonce, I tell, I I told like groups of kids this and stuff she is the closest thing i've ever seen to an actual superhero yeah. like celebrities are almost have giant heads and little bodies that's what i've yeah. noticed like a lot yeah. of them, they look like pez dispensers yeah. right and but beyonce everything about beyonce was to scale to, to scale <laughs> And so, but I remember uh, I, I, it was just, I've never seen such an impressive human wow. being in my life. Like Alicia Keys, the most beautiful, but Beyonce was like, that just woman has legit superpowers. Stunning right there. creature. Wow. Yeah. It was great. My favorite person I ever served though. And this is the most like, like probably gay indie thing I've ever said in my life <laughs> was Charlotte Rampling. Oh my That's, God, that really, Charlotte <laughs> Rampling. This is like the deepest take. <laughs> but I, she came to the bar and like, I like, she's always done like the weirdest roles and I just right. think she's the coolest person. Wait, give me a role she was in for somebody who's not Do you remember that recalling? movie, um, <laughs> Swimming Pool? Oh yeah. She was like the, the, the writer. She was a writer. She has these very haunted eyes. Yeah. She, you know? she always has also looked older than she actually is. 100%. And she's kind of, she, if you saw the movie Melancholia, she played uh, the mother of Kirsten Dunst. She does a lot of like weird indie stuff. Hmm. She's been around forever, but I adore her and she's an incredible actress. And she just came to the bar one day and I was just like, I never break character, but I'm <laughs> such a huge fan of yours. <laughs> And like she looked at me like, thanks. <laughs> and then I like made her a tea, and we had Aww. a whole thing over her tea. I love I the just, people are gonna be listening to this, like looking, I'm looking phones. up Charlotte Rampling. Almost had somebody like, turning pages. Her That's followers how are gonna go up, and I'm yeah. like Rihanna, Leonardo DiCaprio, but no, I geeked out over Charlotte Rampling. Well, no, I think that, that's and awesome. we had all the New Jersey or the New York housewives always. Oh, did their, see, like, that would get me. I would be so. We for a while were there. Um, this was at David Burke. Do you know David Burke? The chef, yeah, went from up north. I follow him. I think he. Uh, I worked at his restaurant for like six years, and we were for a while in the rotation of the after dinner of the reunion. So they would film the reunion, and then they'd come for dinner, and you never knew what the temperature was going to be uh. in the group. But I will say the coolest thing about the New York Housewives is no matter what, they always would come and eat after like they would do their drama they would have their tv stuff and then they would always come and sit and eat together they got that they knew the gig right they knew the gig mm -hmm. i did yeah. the andy cohen show you, i did the andy cohen wait, show when i was it. yeah i was the a celebrity bar, bartender <gasps> when i was on hsn when i was the game show host hsn got me on as a celebrity bartender and it was adriana lima <gasps> and uh, Padma Lakshmi were no the were way. the two guests. I would have just if you look myself at my, right there. If you look, I, guys, I'll find that. Maybe that should be the um, our promo. Uh, yeah, go to my Instagram. You got to yeah. go down we'll, we'll to my Instagram, but I'll uh, go all the way down, and you'll see me posing with both of them with Andy. 
It oh was, yeah. Wow. God. So what is the, how are the mechanics of that show? Because I know it's live. Is it as quick as it feels it's as a viewer? It's the tiniest. It is the tiniest <laughs> studio. Like, it is like this room. It's like you a know? Not to give away, in the studio, you know? right? Yeah. It's not even it's like. so little and tiny. And you walk into this really boring building and you kind of wait in this boring office space. There's a little step and repeat that looks like it's totally, I don't know if they've moved <laughs> locations or not. This little step and repeat that's kind of out of nowhere. It's just popped up there. That's where everyone takes the pictures. And the whole thing took about maybe an hour, half hour, like wow. to do the whole. He was delightful. He's the nicest guy in the world. Love, couldn't have been nicer. Him. They were both, Adrian Lima and Pablo Lakshmi couldn't have been nicer too. And that, God. talk about beautiful people. Like I felt like Shrek like, <laughs> like in there. It's like, you know, invite oh the token ugly guy. Like God. I felt like an ogre, you know? Wow. Stop it. It is kind of funny if you talk about the, the real housewives that, you know, um, yeah, it's we. I mean, I think now we know reality TV is is you know oftentimes scripted and people are pushed in different directions. I mean, this is an entertainment, an extremely profitable entertainment, right? But it's funny they all got the drill. They all showed up. They, they did knew. their you know, and that's probably why Andy Cohen loves them. Mm -hmm. You know, they yeah. sign a contract. They have so many appearances, stuff like that. Yeah. They yeah. do the Not thing. to ruin it for you. I'm sure oh, they no. do. I'm sure they do. I mean, I'll, I'll watch no matter what. Sam's like, I it's only it. my life. That's no. fine. <laughs> would, would you guys agree, though, with like celebrities that we hear about the bad behavior now more than ever, right? But if Scandival. You, if you get Scandival. I'm a big Scandivaler. <laughs> uh, if you get a hundred. Yeah, my daughters had to fill me in on that. If you get a hundred people of anyone. If you get 100 people of anyone in a room, 80 people are probably going to be good people, like us, yeah. nice mm -hmm. people. Then you're going to have 10 jerks. Then you're going to have 10 real a-holes. You know? Like, I feel like it could be celebrities. It can be any walk of life. Like, I think mm -hmm. that just the bad ones make... Great the television. Brand. Great television. I, mean, I, I really feel like, you know, I think sometimes celebrities get a rap, like all celebrities are bad news, but there's a lot of nice people. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like any walk of life, you know? it's That's very true. And I the like, reality yeah. show world is so different than the actual, uh, who, what was her name that you love? Charlotte? Charlotte, Charlotte Rambling. Rambling. That is the weird... <laughs> Like, You're the star of this show. Like, between. I don't think she can be lumped in as a celebrity with the Scandivalers. <laughs> that is such. Oh, I I did I not think you were gonna say that. <laughs>earlier max about how like you never break character is in new york isn't that like the overall rule of thumb like if you see a celebrity generally you cannot in, say anything in, in hospitality generally speaking you typically don't run up and say i'm your biggest fan or you you, you, you kind of go through the motions as normal sometimes you you know certain people are at a level who just know that they're known and mm. so you can always kind of give a wink or whatever and there's always going to be people who will just you know fangirl no matter what but me personally i always just tried to be like very professional as if it was anybody hmm. else i always give myself five minutes at the very end so if i have like a half hour interview or whatever and it's somebody who i love 
you know, I give myself five minutes to break character okay. at the very end. I filled up my recorder, my notebook, whatever. These days with TV, you know, I've, I've gotten my interview and all this stuff. But at the end, I want to have that because I feel like not that I've earned it, but I want to tell them. You you mean yeah. a lot to me. What you did, and there's you know I interviewed Steve Martin, and um you know I, and Steve Martin was here with his uh you know playing his banjo and stuff uh-huh. like that you know. But at the very end, I said, listen, my dad and I, and you know my dad and I loved Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're looking at me like you've never seen oh, no, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. John it. Candy. <laughs> John it. Candy. She just thought for a minute you meant actual planes. Oh no, no, trains, the movie. So Steve automobile. Martin, John Candy, great Thanksgiving <laughs> planes. And so I just, I, I, I wanted that. And then he wound up telling me a story about working with John Candy and John Hughes wrote and directed oh that, God, you know. Yeah. And so um, I always give myself that mm-hmm. little blip, especially. I like if, that. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, the worst interview I've ever had. I guess I can say this was for the Tampa Bay Times. Um, yeah. Every year, this is going to, oh, this is really, this is going to sound totally obnoxious, but they would nominate me at the Times for a Pulitzer Prize, but they nominate a lot of different people. Oh, okay. And so they nominated me like three times. And so I knew I was trying to write things. I never came close. I should say I never came close to winning. I was never a finalist, but I would write these things. You'd write about five to 10 pieces a year that, all right, this is going to be really good. I have a shot, you know? Um, and I wanted to write about duets. I think at the time there were like five or six duets were in the top 10, okay, uh, and on the pop music charts. And so I wanted to, I needed meat for the story about duets are back. You know, why are duets back? And some highfalutin reason I had, you know. And so <laughs> Rod Stewart and Stevie Nicks were touring oh. together. And I had an interview with them both. Oh. Okay, they were both on the line at the same time. Now Stevie Nicks has been uh, did uh, Leather and Lace with Don Henley. Uh-huh. Stop dragging my heart around with um, Tom Petty. You know, so Stevie Nicks has done some real She's, iconic yeah. duets. Yeah, Rod Stewart. I guess he's he's done some iconic duets too. But I'm like, you know what? <laughs> they wanted to talk about this tour they were on together. I wanted to win a Pulitzer. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like this to apologize to Rod Stewart and Stevie Nicks right now because I was obnoxious. I was an asshole. And I'm like, guys, I want to talk about duets. And right off the bat, Rod Stewart says, uh, mate, we've never duetted before. Um, we don't, you know, we don't perform together in concert. Move on. Yeah, so duets. Wow. Oh, my God. And Stevie Nicks is like, uh, you know, in a raspy voice. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, uh, God. Why, why don't we move on to another question? Yeah, but Stevie, hold on one second. Oh, no. You and Tom, oh, it was oh, a no. disaster. Oh, no. And, but I, now I'm in the newsroom of the Tampa Bay Times, and I have all my <laughs> colleagues gathering. I'm like, <laughs> what is happening right now? I am so adamant. I just need one or two quotes to boost up this story. Yeah, I was bad. Oh, oh no. yeah. Did you still write the article about duets? <laughs> I did, and I still have not won a Pulitzer, so there you go, oh, you know. Uh, this no. is our new goal. Yeah, yeah. A Pulitzer. yeah no, well, yeah. now it's got to be an Emmy, so I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so Rod Stewart, so even when I, I cringe when I hear, like, a Rod Stewart song on the radio, I'm like, oh. oh he hates me? Oh, <laughs> this guy hates me. But, yeah, it is... Uh, 
It's great. Like you had to do my job back when I was the music critic. I mean, you had to be a fan, right? Yeah. Like you, you couldn't be like, I wasn't this like thumbs down, you know, I was, I didn't want to be like the, the boo bird guy. You didn't want to be Pete Wells, the New York times restaurant critic. Yeah. Oh, is he the one who who destroyed uh, Guy Fieri? Is he did the famous, um, that was when he took over. Oh Oh my God. That's so, I, people like were feeling bad for Guy Fieri. He was like a billion dollar guy, but when I, and Pete Wells had recently taken over. He was always kind of the overall dining editor, but he had recently taken over as the uh, the restaurant critic. And it wasn't supposed to be a permanent job, but I think he's still doing it. Um, he did a few like kind of nice little pieces first off, and then Guy Fieri opened his Times Square restaurant. And first of all, it was controversial because why are you even going there? Like 4,000 restaurants in this city are competing yeah. for attention. That's for tourists from like the Midwest. Yeah, but he, like, yeah. He, he, he knew it was going to be a hit piece. He wrote the takedown piece of a lifetime. Yeah. What was uh, the quote in there about the French fries that it felt uh, he like? He said, um, you know, they've invented this technology that uh, is this air blast chamber that <laughs> servers have to walk through to ensure that restaurant that your French fries arrive ice cold. <laughs> like, oh my God. It was, it was the most. But he knew it was going to be a hit piece. Like you said, like it was oh, in Times Square. It, it was like this, you know. Because we all at the time, you know, in, in, in the fine dining world of New York, like we all read that religiously. We all have alerts on our phone when they come up because it's like, you know, are, are they in? Are they here? Are they now? And, and um, that came up, and it collectively the industry was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, no, it was like oh, people were like, "That's too much." Like, you know, it's that is a job. I don't know that I could. Like, you think about like, yeah, you get to eat food all the time, but a lot of them have left that job unhappy because it's it's a you know you have to rate restaurants and well remember that there's a great i mean we're talking about restaurant reviewers so jonathan gold was i don't know he won Mm -hmm. the pulitzer prize at the la weekly and then the la times went and got him and brought him on but he won for the la weekly jonathan gold but there's a great new yorker profile on him that it opens with basically he got food poisoning seven to ten times a year because he'd go to these hole-in-the-wall places Mm -hmm. you know and a lot of times he didn't want to take down a restaurant that was like this mom and pop and they put all their money into it like what's the fun in like crushing someone's dream you know yeah but because you'd have to in order to do a food review these reviewers have to as you know go to a restaurant like three four times you know but what happens when it's a really shitty restaurant. Oh. And so he would get food poisoning all the time. Oh, you know? that sounds awful. It's, you know? it's rough. And they they have moved away a little bit under his direction now, at the, the New York Times anyway, uh, of being so like star heavy. Yeah. And they try to be a little more like best in show, best in class kind of attitude towards, towards the re- reviews. But man, I, I, some of the takedowns were, were iconic. From interviewing big celebrities, now <laughs> yeah, you Local interview uh, St. Pete bakery owners and, yeah, so, and mermaids. But you, know, but you know, yeah, you saw me in my mermaid tent. So I, <laughs> so I went up to Wikiwachi and they offered, uh, they said, hey, do you want to swim with the mermaids. Obviously, yes. And I said, of course, you know? <laughs> like, I'm getting older, but I'm still, like, the experience. Like, people want to see me, yeah. you know? And my fear 
my fear when I strapped on this mermaid tail, you know, was that I would sink. Oh. Yeah. You know, so they're the mer- heavy. So the, you, now, you know, they used these mermaids are unbelievable because they would swim in the old days through this like 60 feet, I think it might be about 60 yards of like this tiny tunnel in oh the God, dark. I'm out. I'm out. Hold their breath. <laughs> There'd be one air hose. Uh-huh. This is back in the old days. They had like this 80 year old mermaid there. Like, Let me tell you my <laughs> she was like the lady from the Titanic, you know? Ariel and, was overrated. Yeah, you know? <laughs> She's like, I take one drag and I keep I got double the who's it and what's the So she now, because of like OSHA, it took them forever to get there. Now, like all the mermaids like approach from the side. And so you guys have been the week okay. you watch, oh, right? Yeah. And so oh, you see Pretty you know, recently we went. As yeah, when my husband, when we moved, I made it like I made it a point. Like I brought my husband to WikiWatchy. I'm like, if you're moving to Florida, you're moving to Florida. There you are things, yeah, there are things you have yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah. Here was the twist. It's that it's not when you put on that mermaid tail and they, they like these. You know, here I am. Like they're they're dragging me over because I can't <laughs> move. You know, so you got these young girls who are like 80 pounds each, and they're dragging this big fat guy in a mermaid tail. You know, it's really great television. The problem. <laughs> And so my job, so we had um, a camera on me and then we had to set up the anchors were in the theater. So they're looking out through the glass at the Mermaid Lagoon, right? Uh So my job was to, and here's Sean Daly to swim down, wave. Oh my God. And hold pose. The problem is when you have that tail on, you're not sinking, you're floating. It's a natural, so I'm like... I'm like sucking wind. I'm trying to get down there and I can't. I'm like this damn tail. I can't get down there. So like you'd see my head, like my hand. And then James Tully, who's our anchor, is like, there's Sean. Well, like, you know, oh there he went. God. There he went. She, and like he's struggling. So then they had the old lady um, down there. She's like, yeah, he's learning. It's not easy being a mermaid. You know? I don't know why I'm having her smoking, but she wasn't. It sounds appropriate. Yeah. That sounds, yeah. And it was a workout. Oh my! It God. was really, really tough to do I, that. I just recently uh, did a little bartending bit on um, uh, daytime on uh, WLFLA yeah. ABC station. Another network. Another, Another network. <laughs> um, and uh, the person before me was uh, Andrew the Merman. Yeah, we just did a story. Yeah, out. yeah. and um, he. We like the host like grabbed the the tail and was like, "This thing is heavy." Yeah, and they he was talking about the same thing you did. Like he's it probably has to be shredded. I oh mean, you gosh. should see yeah. those six packs bone, down there. bone yeah. thin, bone thin. He yeah. has like swimmer's body. You know, so funny just, like, about men, yeah. Andrew. So my producer, whose name is Jillian, and she she books all my stuff. She's great. Um, she's like, yeah, when you, I'm live all next week. So I'm like 4th of July and it's like a 2 a.m. wake up call. And then I don't oh know how, my you know, God. um, but she's like, yeah, well, when you get back, I'm going to have you do a per, uh, package on a Mer Taylor, Mer Taylor. I'm like, oh, we already did that. She's like, no, that's Andrew, the Merman. This is the Mer Taylor who makes the tails. Oh. I'm like, wow. Well, there's Mermaids a lot. Are having a moment. <laughs> Mer- this is the mermaid era. There is a lot. Of, I'm like, wow. There is just a lot of mermaid content. Yeah. But maybe I guess I'll be wearing a tail again. You know, oh, I have some do. suggestions about maybe putting some like slits through it for better. I, you know, I, well, the one thing he said that it has to be buoyant because if it does fill with water, you will sink. 
right. you cannot get up out yeah. of it. Too if it sad does. to talk about the sinking. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, no, that is on my Instagram too. Sean Daly TV for all these hot me and, Andy, yes. me and Andy Cohen, me and a mermaid tail. But no, it's a, I should say, I, I mean, I do have, you'd be great. You'll probably take my job someday. Hey, I just signed a three-year deal. Yeah. So in three years, it's all yours. An alarm. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'll be live all next week. I, I, I'm not sure when this will air, but that is a, my, my weird superpower is that I can get up at 2 a.m. and I can be, you know, go to my assignment and then we're on at 5 a.m. and I can be wide awake. Oh my God. Wow. And so I had this Coffee? weird, like, I mean, we're all kind uh, of, we're, we're all kind of the same. So, you know, you reach that weird, yeah, yeah. I'll do two cups of coffee, but more, you can, guys can tell with me like any more and I'm going to be, my head's going to pop off. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, you know, like, uh, so, uh, and then 10, so our shows are all over at 10 AM, the live shows. And then at 10 one, I'm wiped out. So I, I go imagine. up to that level because everyone sees me. They're like, oh, you're that. Are you always in a good mood? Are you, you know, and uh, it's, you know, I, for, you know, when I'm live, I am, you know, I can just kind of be on there and I can be up and I'm loud. And, so is that you know. a typical day? It's always that no, morning so I, or? So it's, a, I'm live sometimes and that's like the crazy early. And then a lot of times I'll shoot my own stuff. A lot of times oh. I'm I'm doing packages and hmm. you know um, you I enjoy like, you bring the, your own camera setup and everything. So believe it or not, all I shoot everything. So Bay News Nine is almost uh, you know I'm ABC Action News, but I, I you know Bay News Nine now is almost exclusively phones. It's, and then they'll no have this way. like yeah yeah it's crazy. You like ever you, notice how Bay News Nine's like, like even they're really like, close up. It's because it's just a I mean, phone. they still have they still have some of those, wow. uh, you know, the big honking bazooka cameras. But like now, because technology was well, iPhone 14. So I have a souped up GoPro 10 with a lav. And then I have this and it's all like really, really good digital. So no one can tell the you difference yeah. at all. A lot of times uh, people are shooting with DSLR. Sorry, this is really nerdy now. And that looks incredibly yeah. good. You know, it just looks different that that you live. Can, you can tell like when a TikTok is done like that too. Like, yeah, it just yeah. looks like, different. You're yeah. on a different level. Yeah. And like, a, like it's and that live TV camera, it still has a little bit of for as good as they are, a little bit of graininess. You can kind of tell the lighting's different. Yeah. Yeah. But everything else, the GoPro and the DSLR, I mean, that's all like digital. It looks really, really good. So it's a good gig. Yeah. So you I have a lot of fun. You mentioned a producer. Do you ever seek out your own stories? 100% all the time. So I just did, since we're in St. Pete, uh, shout out to the uh, you know, downtown St. Pete, DTSP. Um, there's a kid. I just did a story and I love the, I kind of shot it almost like a, I know this is really, really uh, cheesy because everyone's doing it, but I kind of shot it like a Wes Anderson. Yeah, I had this <laughs> opening shot I wanted, but this 18-year-old kid came here from Ohio to play college basketball, and it didn't work out. So his dad's like, "Well, man, you got to do you got to do something with your life." So he started this. You've probably seen him, the cool runnings kid. He pedals the. It's a oh. shaved ice. It's a really good luck, looking kid. Aiden Leslie, his name is, and he built this pedal-powered shaved ice cart. And he's set up right in front of the pier. That's and so I, smart. <laughs> so every day, if, you, if people listen, if you see me say hi, but every day I, I, I live on on, uh, on Beach Drive. And so I'll, I'll bike the waterfront every day. Oh, nice. Not just for physical, yeah. but for mental to get out of the house. And my kids are driving me crazy and I'm driving <laughs> them crazy. And so I saw this kid pedaling. I'm like, man, that's a, that'd be a really cool story. And so from before I even pitched it to him, I had this vision of the MFA 
and go real, real have a real real wide lens. Sorry, this is really nerdy. I love this. But no, I love please. It. No. Um, and I sat in front of the MFA, like on my on my butt. You Fun know. fact: where Max got married. Yes. Really? <laughs> right there in front of all the columns. And uh-huh. I wanted him, I wanted this Wes Anderson shot of him biking this ridiculous uh, cons- contraption. It's a it's a static shot, a set shot. Uh-huh. I said, don't look at me and just go right on by, you know? And it looks so, and I, I, I think it was like a 0.5 lens. Like it was really dramatic. And so, and then the rest of it just kind of fell in. So that one I set up on myself, uh, but wow. Jillian's great. Where are the Emmys? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so, but, but Jillian's great. She books a lot of my stories and shit. We'll go like, you know, the, you know, every week we'll have like, and people pitch to me all the time now because they're like, oh, well, we want Sean to come and do X, Y, Z. And we can't get to everybody. But, you know, I get to tell the good news. And guys, even when the pandemic hit, they're like, well, what are we going to do with Sean Daly? <laughs> oh, and God. my boss was like, same we thing. We need him more now same than thing. ever. <laughs> He's like, yeah, your job just got a lot harder, but you got to find the positive out there, you know? So even if I had to do a story where, you know, I was in a mask and somebody was 50 yards away. Yeah. Could you scream, you know, shout a little louder. What are you doing? You know, and you're doing these stories like, yeah, it was crazy, but it's a good gig. And like, you know, I was thinking about this show, you know, what's my influence? Well, I have great influence over uh, 78 year old women <laughs> at the, in the public's Madge. produce department. Madge, 78 Madge, year old women the, the, named Madge in the produce public's department. I can't go in the public's these days. My kids laugh at me because I can't go in the public's. Um, I'll get recognized like, and you probably do all the time too. Uh, but I can't go in like, and l- at least like, you know, two, three times. Like, hey, Sean Daly. And they always say, oh, you're a lot thinner in person. I'm like, let me oh, unpack. God. Wow. All right, so fatty on TV. Look good <laughs> now. I guess it's bittersweet, you know. I've gotten you're taller than I thought you were. Really? Yeah. 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 One thing. So that doesn't happen to me that often as is maybe <laughs> the world would think. But when it, the few times it does happen, it always snaps me back to reality that like, oh my God, I need to be nice to everybody always. And I should not black out in downtown St. Pete and cry because who knows? I try to black out and cry at home, you know? It's kind of Sam's signature yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I think you're incredibly recognizable, you know? And yeah, you do. And I had... Um, I had a, uh, an ex-girlfriend who would say, listen, you got to, and when people would say hi, like you have to give them a moment. Yeah. And so almost like always dance with your daughters, you know, like, so I'll yeah. stop and I'll be like, hi, what's your name? And, you know, and I try to, I try to be nice because it is an, it is a very nice thing yeah, to be is. in that position. And because I'm like, I'm the happy guy and I bring joy, like that makes people feel good mm-hmm. at a time when it can be, you know. It can be kind of tough mm-hmm, out there. Yeah. So, but it's funny. So, Publix, I kill in yes. Publix. <laughs> yes. If I, and I kill at Rays games too. I don't know. Rays games in Publix, everywhere else, not so much. Uh. Like, my daughters are hooked on Trader Joe's now. And that's, oh, like, a, that's like a streaming crowd. They are like, running, nah. they are, <laughs> they're they'll running, recognize you from this, but they are a problem. Yeah. With. They're running gag. All the Charlotte Rampling fans <laughs> at Trader Joe's. Um, I can't get I can't get uh, recognized at Trader Joe's and I'm like screaming at the top of my hey no that's because everybody there thinks they're their own celebrity yeah. like everybody in Trader Joe's is their own moment they're all in there documenting what they bought on TikTok for yeah. their Trader Joe's haul yeah you know to kind of uh, just uh, tie things up in a nice yeah. bow so Ava 
my oldest daughter who's 19 and she is uh they're, they're both like they're as loud as i am you know like they're they're, they're big personalities but she started to do some tv with me and so she'll if i have a really fun experiential thing like we're picking strawberries at plant city or we're you know um she swam with manatees or something like that i'll bring her with me because she's very good on camera and she's you know but it's so funny how this is like the little girl that i was trying to support and like duran duran was yeah. giving me parenting you, br- you did you brought her on I saw it on the yeah, blooper the reel. Blooper reel. Yeah, she's hilarious. Okay, yeah, yeah. She's really, yeah. really funny. In fact, I, I'm working. I was going to try to sync it up with the release of this too. Another blooper reel, but I, I might, uh, I might wait a bit. But <laughs> she is. Um, and so it's funny. Like she, she, she wants to be a writer, which is the other side of my uh-huh. life, you know. But it's like I'm like, oh well, you know, you might want to think about <laughs> TV, you know. But it's yeah. funny how my gosh, like my career, it's kind of coming around to this. And then my youngest, my my. Who's at St. Pete High now, and she she wants to make a run at valedictorian. There. Love that she's St. Pete IB. Yes. She's more like you're good. I'm you know yeah. You guys do your TV. I'm good over here. Yeah. You know so. It, uh, yeah, it's crazy. So I don't know. You might have to fight Ava Daly for yeah. the for the uh, game. Um, I, I'd have to let her have it. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not ready to say um, goodbye, guys. I know. Uh, you this know was what? so Spe- fun. Speaking of which, you have one of the best like TV sign-off voices. <laughs> like I do. Yes, it's not annoying. It's not like grating. It's no, but it's noticeable, and I love it. It's well, recognizable. So I, I think you want every so time you say like every time you Pete. I'm Sean Daly, ABC Action News. That is, yeah, my girls hate my TV voice. But my the, daughters, <laughs> Dad, do you, you're using your TV voice. Do you consciously make a change to your voice? You feel um, like? I, you know, sometimes there's too much Sean Daly, as most of my exes would agree. Um, that so I'll go back <laughs> and I'll retract things because it's way too, like, too chipper. Like, and sometimes I'll put some extra juice yeah. <laughs> on things, you know. <laughs> but I try to stay up, and I try to, I try, you know, there's that kind of standard news talk, and I feel like sometimes maybe I'm like doing a parody of it or. I want to be, I want to inflect a little differently, you know? Yeah, yeah. But wait, I only notice more, it on you know? the sign off because it's like, for ABC Action News, I'm. Oh, I, do I really draw like that? Not, that's, I was, I was really exaggerating. <laughs> yeah. But it's like the classic TV sign off and you just do it so well. Well, I so like. That was, that, that was a compliment. It's that was probably like, hammy. Good thing. You were talking about being hammy. Like, I like to be remembered. Oh, she too. does it all the time. She puts on radio voice. It's yeah, really. People always ask me, do you have a radio voice? And it's more that when you're only talking for like eight seconds into a song, you. <laughs> have to be you know full voice like from your diaphragm so and us, with a, a smile little. give us a little okay um you're giving away tickets to taylor swift and the drawing is at eight o'clock okay tay tay she's coming to ray j and i'm gonna hook you up i've got those tickets coming up at eight on hot 101.5 i got chills <laughs> i just i swear i just got chills that made me smile so no, much now, you have to I'm get on... to full energy in eight seconds what's funny though is i've changed formats so much so like on 97x i'm still on 97x i feel like i'm a, i always just to be the cool rocker i'm girl. sitting oh, i feel like i'm a little more laid back on hot i'm standing i'm um, sassy, and then now I'm on magic, which is sort of a mix of all of that. I'm, I'm, 
It's more like Tampa Bay's best music, like a little more toned oh, down. Wow, that she's talking is... to Madge in that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I'm 100%. talking to Madge, who still likes Taylor Swift. Do you yeah. like, do, she's do you, a cool mom. Do you, you want to do like Pixar movies and stuff? Like, oh do you my gosh, do? I would love to. Do. Oh I actually tried to get into voice work for a little while. I just didn't have the time to dedicate because there's really good money. In yeah, right? it, yeah. It, it seems fun, but maybe one day. My After voice I take is so your great. Job. Yeah, no, you'll be great for that. Three more years, I'll wrap things. Up, you know, I'll patch things up with Rod Stewart and then, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, guys, this uh, has been great. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so, much. so much. I love it. Maybe I can come back in like a year or two. I can yeah. read stories anytime, anytime. You know? We'd love to keep it open and we just love to. Are you guys having chat. fun with it? So much fun, so yeah. Much. It's, it doesn't feel like a slog or anything. You no, love doing it. No, it's and we've just talked to so many different types of people. I think that's what's fun. Well, about I'm glad it. you reached out to me. I was so I was kind of hoping you would. Oh. You know? I was like, oh, maybe they'll ask me. I guess I had a little bit of influence, but yeah, <laughs> it's just it, it's it's been an interesting experiment to just see this city through so many different eyes mm-hmm. and. Um, and it's just something that I think we love doing. There you go. Well, I love it. Anyway. Thank you so much Thank again. You. Yeah. I'm so excited. I want to leave. <laughs> just uh, just uh, take Plop a nap. Down. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys have work to do? Do I oh, watch yeah. you guys like wrap uh, things up now? Uh, All we we do usually is, um, just say, we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week. <laughs> I'm not saying anything else. <laughs> and uh, that's that.